Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right, my friends. You are tuned in to America's Realities Are Here. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I am your host, Todd Huff. You can email me, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. In fact, I got, we get emails regularly, but I actually got an email yesterday that we might talk about today. Got an email yesterday from a listener um, that asked some questions. I thought that they were well thought out and articulate, and I just thought I should spend more time doing this. Um, normally, I'd respond, which I responded as well, but a lot of times I just respond. But this time I thought, you know, this might be worth at least uh, talking about some of this. But anyway, good to be here. Thank you for listening. Um, no matter where you're listening, whether that be on Freedom 95 in central Indiana or as a podcast, you could be listening on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter as well. It's good to have you no matter where you are listening slash watching this program. I want to talk this morning first about what's going on with Governor Andrew Cuomo um, and COVID nursing home deaths in the state of New York. We haven't, we've talked, I guess, a tad bit about this, but we haven't talked much at length about this. And I want to spend a little bit of time on it because... <clears throat> And because the the political tide is starting to change here um, in the state of New York. Now, I want to pause because I think it's – I don't know. It's – we're we're talking about people and we're talking about their lives. We're talking about deaths from COVID. And I think sometimes in today's highly political and highly – just politically charged environment, we overlook it. It, It's easy to get to the political fight, which is easy to get to because you have, you have two diametrically opposed ways of, uh, of handling politicians, uh, the, the way that the media does. And if you look at this, I mean, president Trump has been blamed quite literally for millions, excuse me, not millions, Hundreds of thousands, how about that? Hundreds of thousands of deaths from COVID. He's been blamed for this. Personally blamed. In fact, Biden, I think, blamed him for every COVID death. Ironically, Biden is not to blame for those COVID deaths that occurred while he was uh, president here for the past month or so. And it's just, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because, I mean, there's just, there's so many things. There's the, there's the human component there is you know the the value of of life of all life of all life across the spectrum of age whether it's an unborn child in the womb or someone who's elderly in a nursing home and everyone everyone in between the value of life is is the same um and not every 
circumstance and situation is the fault of some political decision. I hate to be the bearer of the bad news for some folks listening to my voice this morning, not the vast majority of you. But look, this is um, life. Life's not, I don't want to say fragile. Some people say life is is fragile. Life is pretty resilient in in many cases, I think. Um, But life is not eternal on this side of, of heaven, right? And so not every death, not every calamity can be blamed on a government official or a decision made by a political body. You look at what's happening in the state of Texas. Chuck Schumer's out there saying that hopefully the state of Texas, when you talk about a heartless way of looking, just think about this. There's literally people who have died from the cold and Chuck Schumer takes to the microphone and says, well, hopefully, I don't think it was to the microphone. I think he said this in an interview with someone, but he said, hopefully the people of Texas have learned that climate change is real. I mean, come on, man. Is there anything more, uh, what do I want to say? Just uh, pathetic than that? I mean, it's truly pathetic. You have people dying at the at the moment we don't there's not even really a, a thorough analysis of what's what's happened here in the state of Texas but Chuck Schumer is prepared immediately to blame climate change deniers for whatever's happened in the state of of Texas with these these deaths from the cold and not just the deaths but also just the turmoil right the turmoil the frozen water pipes the you $10,000 I saw one guy had a $17,000 utility bill, $17,000. Normally, I think he said it was $600, but $17,000. But they immediately want to blame that. And, And there may be blame to go around to different people in government, to different people in the uh, the, the folks that oversee Texas utilities. I don't, I don't know. This needs to shake out a little bit, but you, you, you juxtapose that. You can compare and contrast that with what has been happening with the way that Andrew Cuomo has been treated uh, by the media, by CNN, by Democrats up until around this point in time. Until until it was released, until it was acknowledged that the deaths and the numbers had been covered up, everybody was fine effectively in the media and in the Democrat Party with Andrew Cuomo. In fact, he wrote a book on how to lead through coronavirus. You probably have that copy of the book sitting on your bookshelf at home, I'm I'm sure. You want to learn from the great Andrew Cuomo how to govern through a a difficult crisis like like COVID. So you've you've got these two totally opposite approaches. As soon as something bad happens in Texas, a Republican state, Ted Cruz of course, is out of the country, which is another thing. Again, look, I, I, I get being a leader requires you to be, uh, you know, to, to be there when people are looking to you. But at the same time, at the same time, a senator doesn't politicians don't hold answers to every problem in our in our lives, right? And to say that they need to be there for every, you know, every time someone wants to look up to them and ask them a question. I don't know. Just some of these things don't don't jibe with me. But the point is, if you're a Democrat, there's one set of rules. 
If you're a Republican, there's a whole different set of rules. Kind of like if you're a conservative Republican and you pass away, as did the great Rush Limbaugh last week, um, when the New York Post or the the New York Times or the Washington Post writes a um, obituary about you, they're going to say very bad things. Meanwhile, if you're a terrorist like Al-Bakari, for example, they find ways to call you a scholar, I think it was. We might look at that as well. But these two approaches, these two ways of looking at, at things through the political lens is, is maddening to someone who follows this, as I'm sure you do as well. Because you would think that average people would see this, the average everyday American, but they don't. Many of them don't. They, they're living their lives. They trust the media um, or they don't question it. They don't think critically. They don't think truly independently. And they just kind of believe the stuff that they're told. But there comes a point that even the media and the Democrat Party cannot circle the wagon, so to speak, and protect their own uh, their own members. And that's kind of where we are now with Governor Cuomo. There's now a Democrat in New York who says that this nursing home scandal is an impeachable offense. An impeachable offense this is a New York State Assemblyman Ron Kim. Now this is, I'm looking at a Fox News article here. Um, he said that Governor Andrew Cuomo threatened to ruin his career for speaking out against his mishandling of the nursing home uh, crisis during the coronavirus pandemic. This representative is now calling for Governor Cuomo to face impeachment. So we now have people in the Democrat Party in the state of New York who are openly calling for the impeachment of their governor. He continues in a tweet here, Cuomo abused his powers to hide life and death information from the Department of Justice that prevented lawmakers from legislating, like fully repealing corporate immunity for nursing homes. That is an impeachable offense, and he linked an article at People.com. So um, the, the, the tide is turning. Now, they're still trying to circle their wagon, especially at CNN. They're, they're covering their tracks for, uh, for Governor Cuomo. Now, that you may or may not know. I'm guessing the vast majority of you know, but the brother of Andrew Cuomo is um, in – the media, yeah, that's tough guy Chris Cuomo, for those of you that have listened to this program for some time. Tough guy Chris Cuomo is the brother of Governor Andrew Cuomo. And he would have, you know, they, he has him on as a guest and they, I mean, it's never, of course, a hard-hitting interview. It's usually, um, well, typical <laughs> typical things the media does for the Democrat Party. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream sort of stuff? Of course, the Cuomos try to think, they act like they're tough guys, so they do act like they're pushing on each other, but... If push does come to the shove, they absolutely will protect one another. This is how this works. But there's there's resistance still in that respect, in that in that world, and uh, at CNN to really go after to go after Cuomo. You think about how they've gone after President Trump. Now I'm not even asking for anything remotely close to comparable because what they've done to Trump is absolutely astonishing and. De- defies all common sense and value. I mean, they, the way that the media has attacked Trump, even from the day he came down the escalator in 2015, announcing his his candidacy for president of the United States, 
they have never been favorable to uh, to President Trump, right? It's been it's been a constant assault, verbal attack, verbal abuse, assault, all these things happening to President Trump. So I'm not suggesting it needs to be the same thing. But what I am suggesting and what I am saying here is that there are two ways of doing this. There are two ways of covering things in the media. One is how Andrew Cuomo was covered and the way Democrats are typically covered by the media. And the other is how Trump was covered and Republicans, how they're typically covered. When Republicans are in control, when they're in power, they're blamed for everything. Republicans have the control to do all sorts of things. But suddenly when, say, Biden is president of the United States, that's when we realize, the media suddenly realizes that COVID is something that no matter what you do, you cannot completely mitigate out of existence. You cannot completely institute programs and well wishes for COVID to just just go away. Now, that's been the case from the beginning. This thing, this COVID had to run its course. Coronavirus had to run its course. And candidly, there were some things that were done to to stop that and, and some prevent it from being longer. Like for example, the, the, the vaccine, which many of you or some of you don't plan on taking. That's another story altogether. But these things do help towards uh, reaching, reaching herd immunity, which is ultimately what, what needs to happen, some sort of a vaccine slash herd immunity sort of process to keep people from being able to get the, the disease and, and develop uh, you know, dangerous, life-saving or life uh, – uh, just deadly symptoms. So, so it's a two different approaches, but you know what's bad when the Democrats no longer are circling the wagons, when they've said, look, it is time, time to impeach this governor. And I'll also say this, with Cuomo's situation, and I've got to take a break here, but Cuomo's situation is different than Trump. Did you, have you done the, I did the math. There's, we just crossed the 500,000 uh, number yesterday with the number of COVID deaths that have been counted for this virus. And they believe there's 15,000 or so that were involved in the nursing homes. So folks, that is 3%. Think about this. 3% of all COVID deaths may be tied into Governor Cuomo and how he handled uh, the situation by sending people, elderly patients back to nursing homes where the virus spread like wildfire, where the virus spread like wildfire. And then when they realized this was the case, they hid the data. That's what this looks like. Those are the allegations. And that's why people are claiming it's time to impeach him. So timeout is in order here. When we get back, I want to share a short, just personal experience we had with uh, someone that we know that kind of went through a similar situation back, I don't know, probably in April is my guess. So I just want to share just kind of a our experience with this. And if we knew some of these things, why didn't Governor Cuomo, I guess, at the time? So quick timeout is in order. Come back and continue this discussion. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. Before the break, before the break, I had mentioned that um, 
we, I say we, my, my wife is uh, a caregiver for someone who's, who's elderly. And there was a time, this I believe was in April, April of last year. <clears throat> and she had some symptoms. She has other medical, I don't want to go into all that, you know, for her own privacy, but she has symptoms of, of COVID. And of course, back then, and she, she lived in a, is it a nursing home? I think it's a nursing home, um, or assisted living center, I guess. And she went to the hospital. Um, the symptoms were discovered and the initial reaction was to send her back to the nursing home, but the nursing home, sure, the, the assisted living center that she's in has a had at the time a COVID unit, which was in a place that wasn't super close to here. So you got to remember, and you know this, back at the time, back at the time you were allowed to, um, you weren't allowed to see people. So, so this elderly individual that's like family went to the hospital and no one could go. There's the communication problem. Um, there's the medical problem. You know, a lot of times it's good to have someone else with you when you go to a doctor on, you know, certain things like this, especially as you age, just to kind of, I guess, make sense of the information. And so it was decided there that she was likely COVID and they would send her to a COVID unit in the nursing home in a city that was, I don't know, an hour from here, I'm guessing. So... So this, um, there, again, no one was with her. It was basically her and the doctors. <clears throat> Long story short, she, her blood pressure, I think, dropped. She almost, I think she almost fainted. They, they decided to keep her in the hospital. Now, we at the time, I know when my, my wife told me, she said this individual has been, you know, they think she has COVID. Um, of course, then you start thinking about, you know, this is, she falls into the group that's most vulnerable to COVID. So, you you know, the hospital wouldn't keep her. And then when we found out that they were sending her to the COVID unit, I kind of lost my mind. I thought, I, I said, this is, this is insane. Like, they're literally sending her. They don't know that she has it. In fact, I believe she took a test. I think the first test came back negative. So they were going to take her, and you think about this, send her back to a COVID unit to live with people who had COVID because she had an, a negative test, although the x-ray indicated some things that looked like they thought it was you know, caused by, by COVID. I don't want to go into all that, but you, you, get, you get the idea. So fortunately, there was a, a doctor there that when her blood pressure dropped said, look, I don't want to send her she needs to stay. We need to admit her. She doesn't need to go under these conditions. She just needs to stay here. And she stayed, and they gave her a test later on, uh, one of the tests to take a couple of days to to get the results back, and it came back negative. And so I just I, I think about this, and this was back again in April, right? This was in April. So this was during the time when New York was at its worst. And I think if just looking at the timeline, we knew that, you know, to the idea of sending elderly people back to a place 
um, especially in the case here where there's a, to a COVID unit. If she didn't have it, which she turned out not to, she would have gotten it in the COVID unit. I mean, it's it's preposterous the way that this has been handled in a lot of circumstances and situations. And I think in Governor Cuomo's case, he was doing this wide, wide scale. And I don't want to, you know, blame it all on him. There's all sorts of decisions and people involved. But this again is part of the problems of of government thinking it can step in and solve these these questions. Here's the rule. This is what we're going to do. You're going to take these patients back, and there you go. And then they take them back, and it spreads like wildfire. Then when Governor Cuomo and his office realize that there's going to be, well, fingers pointed at them, people can now see the data or begin to count the data. They start to hide the rest of the data. They start to hide the rest of the data. And so you compare that. You compare that with what President Trump was accused of doing with with COVID, right? President, I don't even know what the allegations are. President Trump didn't act uh, quickly enough, they say. President Trump was calling for travel bans long before, in fact, weeks before Biden would have instituted a travel ban to China, to Europe. Travel ban was a first step. What what did they want President Trump to do? He didn't mask up early enough. Well, okay, early early reports were masks did not help. I remember talking about this. I remember Dr. Fauci saying this. We've gone through this extensively on this program. Dr. Fauci saying that masks were largely symbolic back in, I don't know, March, I'm guessing, earlier this year, earlier last year. Now... Fauci's out there saying that we might need a double mask. CDC CDC saying the double mask. Mask up, mask up, I guess is what Governor Holcomb would say. Mask up, mask up, Indiana. We're all in this together. Let's hunker down and be Hoosiers and fight our way through this. Mask up, mask up. And I just, just the, the idea that these folks hold all the answers. And again, going back to what we were saying earlier, the idea that government's can step in and prevent all bad things from happening. Certainly they can do some. Certainly they can make things worse, as we've seen here. But to bl- to lay the blame at Trump's feet for some sort of ambiguous, you should have done something sooner, versus Governor Cuomo took this particular action that led to this particular consequence, and then they took the data and hid it. At least these are the allegations. Those are two diametrically opposed things. And if you look at how he's being treated in the media, if you look at how he's being treated by the Democrat Party until recently, which, by the way, when the Democrat Party realizes it is uh, or or when when we realize that they have kind of thrown one of theirs out of the group, as they have with Cuomo here, they're beginning to do. That means that they feel like the political ramifications are going to hammer them. That that means that they can't even with a straight face begin to protect someone politically at this point. They're more of a political liability than they are a political asset. And as such, they must be kicked to the curb. But they will defend folks even to the point, uh, way past the point of, of common sense in many instances. But with Governor Cuomo, they, he has crossed that line as far as what is reasonable. They can't even, they can't even go on to their MSNBCs right now and, and with a straight face defend what this guy um, has has done and the actions that he has taken. He's in he's in political difficult uh, difficulties here. So 
Again, timeout is in order. When we get back, I want to play a soundbite. Jen Psaki was asked about this, I think, yesterday, maybe over the weekend, about why uh, President Biden, or if President Biden still believes that Governor Cuomo is the gold standard. That's right, the gold standard of leadership here during the COVID crisis. So we'll play that. Apparently the the Biden administration is not completely uh, on board to throw Cuomo to the proverbial wolves here, politically speaking. Um, but if you listen to the nonsense of this exchange, you'll you'll see what I mean. So some folks have already crossed that line politically to say we can't defend Cuomo anymore. Others like Jen Psaki, who I'm quite certain will circle back to it. I'm quite certain she will circle back and let reporters know when it's time that uh, Biden no longer considers Cuomo the gold standard for uh, leadership through coronavirus. But anyway, I want to play that soundbite when we get back. In the meantime, you sit tight, listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. So I referenced this before the break. Again, I'll we'll share this, and then I want to move on to. I think I want to share an email that I uh, received from from one of you, and I just there's just some questions in there that I thought I would try to at least touch on here this morning. Um, but here is Jen Psaki being interviewed on ABC this week. This must have been on Sunday by uh, George Carl. And I just want you to listen to this exchange. I mean, it is, it is truly remarkable. It is, it is truly remarkable to look at the way, again, that Cuomo is being still protected, although some have, have, begin, have begun to, um, you know, to stop, I guess, protecting him. Some have turned against him. But it's, it's just remarkable to see this. President Trump, if President Trump was given the same level of benefit that Cuomo was here, we never would have, we never would have had any of these ridiculous allegations about Trump killing, murdering four hundred thousand people, whatever they were saying about President Trump. But here is, I want you to listen to this exchange, Jen Psaki, who undoubtedly will circle back with George Carl on all of these, all of these things, and get back to him and answer as to whether or not President Biden thinks that Andrew Cuomo is the gold standard for COVID leadership. Here you go. Okay, I, I want to turn uh, to a, another controversy that, that raged this week. Uh, Andrew Cuomo uh, under fire for um, allegedly not being transparent uh, and misleading uh, on, on, his, uh, on his, the number of nursing home deaths in New York. Uh, last spring, President Biden cited Andrew Cuomo as the gold standard uh, for leadership during the pandemic. Take a listen. Your governor of New York's done one hell of a job. He, I think he's, he's sort of the gold standard. So now we've seen uh, that Governor Cuomo has allegedly undercounted nursing home deaths, misled legislators in New York, and he called uh, uh, New York Assembly um, in uh, Ron Kim uh, raising questions. Um, Results for uh, less know, than $3. Um, You'll save. Uh, threatening to destroy him, I think was his actual words. So does 
President Biden still consider Andrew Cuomo the gold standard when it comes to leadership on the pandemic? Well, John, we work with Governor Cuomo just like we work with governors across the country. He's also chair of the NGA. So uh, he plays an important role uh, in ensuring that we're coordinating closely and getting assistance out to people of his state and to states across the country. And we'll continue to do that. And there, of course, will be a process. The investigations will leave that to others to determine the appropriate law enforcement authorities to determine uh, how that path is going to move uh, as we look forward. But we are going to continue to work with a range of governors, including, of course, Governor Cuomo, because we think the people of New York, the people of states across the country uh, need assistance, uh, not just to get through the pandemic, but to get through this difficult difficult economic time. And that's that's where our focus remains. What is she talking about? All right. But Jen, my question was, does President Biden still believe that Andrew Cuomo is the gold standard, represents the gold standard on leadership during this pandemic? Just a yes or no. Does well, he John, the, the, the president, the, pre, the president. Uh, well, it doesn't always have to be a yes or no answer, John. I okay. think the president. It's not a yes or no answer. OK, we got it. We got it. What was she? Th- this this stuff. Now remember, they the the relentless attacks against Kayleigh McEnany, against Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Sean Spicer. Um, compare and contrast with what we're witnessing here. She has to be, she has to be amongst the absolute worst press uh, secretaries I have ever seen. So that, that I don't know what I, I do know what she was trying to do, but I don't know what she was trying to say. I don't know. What she was trying to say, other than um, she thinks that, I don't know, she doesn't want to talk about it, right? This is what they, they do. It's not a yes or no answer. How can, how can Governor Cuomo be the gold standard? you got to be kidding me of dealing with COVID. I guess they can't go back on this now because he's written the book. Remember back in earlier, in uh, back before the election, some folks were trying to get Governor Cuomo written in to be the candidate, they thought maybe Biden isn't our guy. Let's get him to be the candidate. Maybe he can be vice president. Let's get him on the ticket. This guy is 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 exemplary with how he's handled things in the state of New York. That's what that's what they were saying. Oh my, how things have changed. Quick timeout is in order. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not better talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in a minute. Welcome back. You are listening to America's Realities Are. The Biden administration, per the New York Times, is looking for someone to help Americans better understand reality. So I thought I would volunteer my services for that and fill in as the Biden administration's reality czar, whatever the world that's supposed to mean. But anyway, I want to share with you a an email I had received. I don't have time to go much into this. As this is, um, there's several questions here, but I do. I, I love getting emails like this, and this email um, is from a listener named named, uh, named Bonnie. And Bonnie gave a series of questions of things that she would like to hear discussed. One, she says, "What happened to the election fraud uh, election fraud report that Peter Navarro published?" By the way, I've got that for those of you watching. Here it is. Copy of this. I printed this bad boy off. It does exist. I think it was printed or it was uh, released on December 15th. 
She said, how can we get a hearing on the issue? That was her first question. How can the Republican Party call out Biden's policies? Um, how can Republican Party call out how Biden's policies do not help American taxpayers? How can Republican Party, the Republican Party educate the general public on where the money comes from that politicians are spending and giving away to other countries? In other words, it's from taxpayers, she writes here based on good faith that it will be used for their benefit. Whereas the ACLU or other entities like the judicial uh, ju- judicial system regarding reverse discrimination that is happening in the name of racial equality and the Tenth Amendment and how Republicans can use it. So I want to start here – well, I don't have time to go into this in depth. I want to focus here on Repub- number two and three, Republican Party. How can they call out Biden's policies that don't help the American taxpayer – And how can the Republican Party educate the general public on where the money comes from that these politicians are giving away and serving humanity with in the first place? Good questions, by the way. First, I think I don't know that the Republican – I don't know that the Republican Party wants to do this. I really don't. I don't know if the Republican Party has the desire to do this. As maddening as that may be to hear me say, I'm not sure that they do. I'm not sure that they really want people to understand the difference. And to be honest, a lot of Republicans, a lot more than I care to admit, are content with the the general philosophy that the left has. They may not want to embrace it as rapidly. They may not want to spin so haphazardly. But nonetheless, they're content with the ideology. But the, to the question, maybe maybe how can conservatives or how can we help um, educate people on where – the money comes from, and how these policies don't help the American taxpayer. Um, I think, I think we're, we're doing that. And I think, I think talk radio is a place to do that. I think, uh, social media can be a place to do that. Although I don't know how effective it often is. So uh, social media folks often get into their own echo chambers. That's one of the dangers. This is one of the reasons, actually the reason that we're starting and launching conservative, not bitter universities to help in these in these matters is to help in, in educating and, and connecting the dots on some of these things. Because to, to Bonnie's question here, a lot of folks don't know. A lot of folks don't understand. It's it might be mind just mind boggling to you, to me, but a lot of folks don't really and truly understand that when it, when folks say the government's going to pay for this. Well, all that means is some other taxpayer is going to pay some other country or is going to fund a pork project, which, by the way, Democrats apparently are getting rid of or looking to get rid of potentially. Republican rule that prevented pork spending, right? This is when individual Congress people, senators can insert some of their pet projects into legislation, you know, some – some highway that'll eventually be named after them or some some silly pet project that has nothing to do with the overall legislation that's being addressed crammed into bills and legislation. People need to know what that is. People people need to understand that this has not been a rule since Republicans got rid of it since 2000 or it, it was a rule. You couldn't have this pork spending since 2011. Now the Democrats, at least some of them, are welcoming this I, this idea Again, with open arms, as though it is a good thing. Folks, this money has to come from somewhere. And it, it, it will. There, th- this is 
there, there are economic laws. People, the left talks about following the science. Of course, they don't follow the science. They follow it when it's politically advantageous, or sometimes they'll manipulate it to make you think it means something it really doesn't, which is usually give them more power, more control, the technocrats among us. But um, this this idea here that, mon- that I mean, there, there are economic laws too. Money has to come from somewhere. And it's it's remarkable to me. We all live, I think most people live their lives in a, cons- I don't necessarily mean socially conservative, but in economically conservative ways. If we see something, we ask ourselves, can we afford it? How do we pay for that? How, what, you know, what do I have to do in exchange to make that happen? We think in those terms. But for some reason, people think when government's involved, that no, you know, we don't have to worry about these things. Reason and, and sense and logic and conservative principles by which we live the rest of our lives suddenly go out the window. Well, that's, that's not the case. This money has to come from somewhere. And it's either coming from other taxpayers or it's coming from future generations, your children, my children, their children, their children's children. These, these numbers are so astronomically large that it's hard to, to wrap our heads around 20-some-odd trillion dollars in debt. I don't know that the Republican Party is interested. I wish it would be in educating and pushing these things and explaining this to the American people, but individual conservatives are, and you and I can do it. That's the other thing that I wanted to get to, but i got to wrap up here long in the segment. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff. Thanks, Bonnie, for the email. Back here in just a minute. friends unfortunately that is about all the time that we have but i want to say this i appreciate i appreciate very much you and hearing from you whether that's on social media whether that's on email some of you even call the huff hotline from time to time as well 317-455-5250 at some point we'll take live phone calls but we don't want to do that just yet just because of a couple of couple of things on on our side that I don't want to uh, – we just have to work ourselves through, I guess. But anyway, I appreciate you more than you can than you can know. I always enjoy hearing from you and do my best to get back, and sometimes we talk about those things on the program. So, Bonnie, thank you. Thank you for the rest of you that have written as well. Guys, have a great day. SDG, see you tomorrow. Take care.